0: I'm Ryan Lichten
1: and I'm Parks Miller,
0: and this is another episode of Culture Dumps. Today's dump is um, I want to say the most serious that we've done. I mean, the Milli Vanilli uh, double parter was pretty, pretty heavy, but this one is heavy for different reasons. We're talking about some pretty nasty true crime elements here, some pretty gross stuff. So lo- listener discretion is advised for, for this episode. We rarely give a warning, but this one is going to get a little gross towards the end. It's,
1: it's heavy because Jared used to weigh so much.
0: It, yes. Well, and, and so that is the topic of the day, folks. Jared, the subway guy the spokesperson that fell from grace of subway he is known for being incredibly heavy and losing an immense amount of weight just by walking to subway and eating subway uh, essentially and it's a dump because there's so much that goes into this this story that that is culture like culturally relevant and pop culture worthy Like, for instance, the the power of advertising and and the power of story in advertising, uh, that there's a triumphant rise of the average Joe and the and an ultimate fall from grace. It's one man's power to completely alter the fate of an unstoppable corporation. There's so much here with Jared, the subway guy. Um, are, are you do you eat Subway?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved Subway when I was a kid. Like when we were in high school, there was like a Subway that we could walk to, and I remember we would do that, and like that was exciting. It's
0: right. Just, <laughs> we can like
1: go to Subway. Well, it's but it, I mean, you you it's know, also easy. Also, like being not from say like New York or some place where like a deli is really common. Just like the idea of like looking down at the you get to pick what's on your sandwich. Like that was really exciting as a kid.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because you know, I, I was kind of a picky eater, so to me, going to Subway, it was great because like I didn't have to order something and then tell them all the shit that I didn't want on it. You just right. tell them what you want on it. Um, I and you know, I work for a museum, and uh, at the location we used to be at, there was a Subway right next door, and my lunch breaks weren't really long enough for me to go anywhere else. So I basically have been on the Jared diet for years. Like where I, where I where I eat Subway like three to four fucking times a week, but um, meatball
1: marinara, dude. I'll still if it's a, if I have a long road trip, I'll still get like a twelve inch meatball marinara.
0: I dude, I'm such a dirty bastard. I got the last time I went to Subway because I got gift cards for Subway for whatever fucking reason, and uh, I went. And I got a six-inch meatball and a six-inch tuna, both on different breads, (laughs) like,
1: and and that and that
0: was my footlong. It's like a Frankenstein footlong. You put two different ones together. Before (laughs) it's a really, really stony move to get two different sandwiches.
1: But I have had uh, tuna from the subway.
0: Right. Well, and the rule, and and this isn't a culinary dumps, folks. By the way, you know, I was thinking, I was like, well. That we are gonna be talking a lot about Subway. This could fit into the culinary dump realm, but Jared is just such a pop culture icon for mm-hmm. several reasons now that it's it's gone beyond the culinary realm.
1: And and you've already you've already placed yourself it you know, in the Jared You said you've done his diet, so you're already identifying with this guy, I've taken
0: a walk in the fat pants, yes. (laughs) Uh, And and that's what they were known as. That's not me body shaming. He called them the fat pants, um, as if we give a shit what this guy thinks. We'll get to that later. But really quick, the tip, folks, if you're getting a tuna sandwich from Subway, it's all about the levels of the tuna. If you can see the tuna... Like from where you're standing, and it's like high enough in the thing. Get it because it's they just put all the slop in there.
1: They just but, dumped it into there.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the worst thing t- that could happen to you at Subway is you ask for the tuna and you see them like scraping the sides with like the ice cream scooper, like to try and get like the last little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's awful. But let's get into it. Before we talk about the man behind the sandwich, we have to talk about. Just a brief history of Subway in general. So Subway was founded in 1965 by Frank DeLuca and Peter Buck. DeLuca had borrowed $1,000 from Buck in order to start Pete's Super Submarines in Bridgeport, Connecticut. They also formed an organization called Doctors Associates Incorporated to oversee operations at their stores as business grew. Now, this name came from the fact that the business was started in order to pay for DeLuca's medical school tuition as well as Buck's tuition for his physics doctorate. In 1968, they changed the name to Subway. So these are two smart guys trying to make their way through through college. Uh, One had a little more money than the other, so they borrowed it, but they worked it all out. And uh, it's also worth noting that Doctors' Associates Incorporated is literally just for Subway. That's it has nothing to do with the Doctors' Associate, you know, the Doctors' Board of America or anything having to do with. With health, it, it's literally just like an overseeing company for Subway restaurants. Um, so that that's kind of interesting. I also love the name Weird. Pete's Super Submarines as opposed to just Subway, but
1: right. Subway well, works like, way better. Uh, jersey mics or something you know right,
0: right well which is a superior sandwich to subway but i don't go to either location for the same thing now the simple mm-hmm. business model helped subway become the fastest growing franchise in the world and by 2010 they became the biggest franchise in the world surpassing mcdonald's by over 1000 locations as of the year 2020 there are 41,600 locations spread across 111 countries the incredible growth Subway experienced in the early 2000s when thousands upon thousands of restaurants were open and their profit margin was tripled is, according to Subway executives, was completely due mostly to the introduction of their spokesperson, Jared Fogle. I remember seeing the very first Jared commercial. It was in 2000. And I thought, like, I don't know. I've always been kind of self-conscious. And even as, like, a little kid, like, in sixth grade, like, going into seventh grade, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going into you know, like junior high or eighth grade. And like, I gotta be cool. Like I, I gotta get in shape even though I'm like a skinny little kid. And I would see Jared and I'd be like, I like subway. I could eat subway four times a week. And my parents are like, no,
1: like (laughs) you don't need to go on a diet.
0: First of all, little child. And second of all, not that one.
1: I really thought that the diet worked. I mean, you know, I was probably in middle school when those came out and I just completely assumed that like, you know, eat fresh, it right. Says it, you know, like I just I bought it. Right. And it, thought Subway was like a healthy thing to do.
0: And you know what? It it is in comparison to its competitors, but that's about as far as that goes. Um, but we'll explain the logistics of the Jared diet in just a moment. But first, again, the man behind the sandwich, Jared Fogle. Born August 23rd, 1977 in Indianapolis, Indiana, Jared Fogle grew up in a humble suburban setting along with his mother, father, and younger brother and sister. He was raised Jewish and even had his bar mitzvah in Israel. Little is known about his high school experience, but it is safe to assume that he didn't have the easiest time considering that by the time he attended Indiana U- University Bloomington, he weighed a slick 425 pounds. That is immensely heavy. That is... Mm-hmm. Far past the point of it affecting your health and mobility and, and all that. And again, you know, high school is hell for just about anyone being that heavy. I, I can only imagine, you know,
1: that's bit that's bully low hanging fruit for a bully. Yes, sure, yes, because
0: it's a fruit that, that is, is just unique. sagging the branch down. It makes it very easy <laughs> yeah. to grab. But also it's interesting because keep that in mind. I mean, you know, high school, when you're going through, you know, puberty and hormones and all that stuff, and all you want to do is, is, you know, have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or, you know, be popular. And that kind of stigma, like if, if you're kind of bullied like that, that lasts for the rest of your life. You're always going to feel that way, it, like unless they're, you know, something really great happens to you, but if you graduate high school being the super, super huge fat kid and now you're starting college is that it, it didn't get any better. And you know, there, there's no girls, there's no dating. There's, there's an extreme amount of loneliness and you know, we're not making any excuses for his future behavior, but it's all kind of has its seeds in this, in this unpopular life that, that he was living. Right, right. So during his senior year of college, Jared realized that his time was running out. And unless he took some serious steps to change his lifestyle, he probably would not live to see the age of 35. Walking around campus became increasingly difficult for the morbidly obese Fogle and exercise seemed impossible. Jared and his roommate, JL Liu moved into a new dormitory, which happened to be right next door to a subway. One night in 1998, Jared noticed a lit sign advertising Subway's low-fat subs, and his journey began. The sandwich that started it all was a six-inch turkey. Now, (laughs) you have to understand just exactly what being that heavy means, especially, you know, for a young person, because you're in your prime. You have the ability to lose the weight at that age. I mean, if he was that heavy in his 40s or beyond, I mean, he probably wouldn't have made it that long but it, it, your metabolism slows down, exercise becomes increasingly hard, your joints have been worn down from being that heavy for so long, so it, it becomes way harder. But he was in the prime age to drop all this weight, and I also just love the idea of him like wandering past this light-up sign, and it's like... And, like, right. it like hits some like, like a lightning bolt, you know? But um, he, you know, he explains his time in college, like, as being incredibly difficult just mobility-wise. He would sign up for classes based on the size of the seats in the class. Like, if there was armrests, he knew he couldn't take that class. And when he would park his car, he would have to find a parking spot that didn't have a car next to him on the driver's side because he needed as much room as possible to get out. So this is all day to day stuff that he's having to think about and go through. You know, and and that along with, you know, he's not making any friends. He's definitely not, you know, me- meeting any girls or anything like that. And his father was a doctor and his his father kept telling him, you know, for years, you're you're not going to make it to age 35. You, you have edema, which is when your limbs fill up with fluid. You know, it's like when when you kind of lose the uh contours of your legs and it's just like boom, big old sausage.
1: Mm-hmm. like he yeah, yeah, he, he started
0: that. he started having that and that's a huge indicator of future complications like severe diabetes and you know liver failure like kidney failures so, so many different things so his his time was out and it was time for a sign and that sign just happened to be a lit subway a, sign
1: oh yeah litany on sign yeah yeah eat, that does seem fresh. like a movie i mean yeah it's it's like but also maybe back in the 90s like like now that we know Subway, and then obviously Subway had that controversy about there was like something in their bread that you used to yoga put mat material mats in. and stuff. Yeah. So like, but you know, maybe back then they probably weren't putting like yoga mat elastic in their food. Like maybe it was a healthier thing. Well, and I get it if you're like talking about like junk food, like Doritos or cake or candy or soda or like McDonald's even, which is you know burgers and french fries i guess like yeah a, a sandwich on bread with vegetables and deli meat is a relatively healthier thing to eat
0: right and there's specific things there's specific ways you have to order the sandwiches in order for them to kind of fit into the jared subway diet like realm if you will um because you can't just like you can't just eat four meatball subs a week you know, and, right, and expect to lose weight. And also, I mean, the, the Jared diet. That's every, it. Started as every day. Eventually, it got whittled down to just a couple times a week. And up until uh, his, you know, demise, he he was still eating Subway. As the months went on and the pounds began to melt away, he eventually caught the attention of Ryan Coleman, a journalist for the university newspaper, the Indiana Daily Student, who wrote an article about Jared's diet titled "From Thick to Thin." The article followed Fogel's progress, which eventually led to him losing upwards of 245 pounds. With his weight down to a manageable and healthy number, he was finally able to shop at any clothing store he wanted and was also able to start dating. Even after his weight loss, he still ate Subway up to four times a week. Now, the article caught the attention of Men's Health magazine, who featured Jared in their 1999 story about unorthodox diets titled Stupid Diets That Work. From the beginning, both Jared and those who wrote about him stressed that the Subway diet is not for everyone and Jared's age and determination were major factors in its effectiveness. Again, he was young enough to where his metabolism was such that he was able to you know, handle that amount of sandwich intake and just the walking became enough exercise. Because the whole deal with his walking was it started with the 10 steps from his dorm to Subway. They literally shared a wall. So he would, okay, if I can just... Walk next door to the subway, that's a start. And then that became, well, now I can, I'll walk to campus because, you know, it was close enough, but he had to drive all the time because he would just be too winded, too sore to walk from his dorm to, to his classes so subway, you know yeah. little, little by little it starts helping it starts helping then i'll walk to the subway that's further away now it's I'll walk into town and little by little over the course of a year and you know people are seeing this guy because you know someone that's 400 plus pounds is kind of hard to miss and if they're always carrying a foot-long subway sandwich with them they're gonna mm-hmm. stand out and that's and he did right. he always had subway with them and so yeah th- this you know student journalists that wrote that story that story made its way and now the men's health story made its way to the desk of a chicago area subway owner who shared it with subway chicago-based ad agency the world of health conscious fast food as well as the life of jared fogel would never be the same hence the rise of fat pants The first Jared the Subway Guy commercial aired on January 1st, 2000 and featured shots of Jared walking around his neighborhood eating Subway and showing off his now infamous fat pants. The commercial also had a heavy disclaimer explaining that this diet is not for everyone and was supplemented with lots of walking. It was also also
1: supplemented with lots of with portion control and like, you know, exactly. Yeah, it was exactly there was a lot of other stuff going into it.
0: Right exactly and, and I love how at the end It was like before starting the Subway diet Consult your doctor to make sure it's okay for you to eat Fucking Subway sandwiches every day
1: <laughs> Right like <laughs> it's like I feel like the Thing is is that he picked Subway As his the thing That was kind of like gonna help him as His motivator as to like not Eat shit like junk food or whatever And like to exercise portion control And to walk but like that In itself is not like an actual Diet You know what I mean? It's like, it could have been many other things. It wasn't really, it was like, it wasn't really the subway that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the subway. he He needed something to like fixate on to help him through. Right. But the genius is that it turned into this ad campaign because of it.
0: Yes. And what Jared would get was he would wake up at around 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and he would get a foot-long veggie on wheat. No cheese, no mayonnaise. He's always said that that's the biggest thing. You can't get the high cholesterol add-on items because then it takes you above the six grams or seven grams of fat, whatever it was, on those healthy sandwiches. So it would be no cheese, no mayonnaise, foot-long veggie, and he would, you know, split it up like, okay, I'll have the six-inch here. Then for lunch, I have the other one. Then for dinner, it was a six-inch turkey. So that was kind of like his treat at the end of the day, and he would allow himself a bag of baked Lay's. Again, these all sound like things that you – like. I mean, because they are. Things that you eat being like, oh, well, I'll go a little lighter today. But then you kind of laugh to yourself because you're like, I'm just – I'm going to fucking Subway. But mm-hmm. like to him again, right, yes, right. the the portion control was a major thing because he knew that he always had that other six inch waiting for him, and that that's kind of the deal. <laughs> but the, <laughs> I, who's, you know, at the end of the day, we all just kind of want a six inch. Now the fat pants, uh, as they became known, had a sixty inch waist, and they traveled with Jared throughout his entire subway career. They became something of a superhero cape for the spokesperson. And these pants, I mean, they, he showed them in every commercial. When you would go into a subway, there'd be cardboard cutouts of him, you know, stretching out the waistband. Right. And yeah, you could fit like two to three dudes in. in those. It's a Easy.
1: it's a really successful image. Yeah, I definitely remember. You see it, you're in it. The pants are so big, you're holding them out stretching him out like where did the rest of me go yeah you know?
0: exactly it's, it's I, I mean it's so big and he, i mean he has all these there's more fat pants stuff to come uh, in this episode but <laughs> let's get to the commercials the commercials were an instant success jared was featured in print ads in-store cardboard cutouts a slew of new commercials and was even sent on a publicity tour where he made appearances at schools and subway stores around the country By 2002, his fame and recognition had grown to heights many relate to Ronald McDonald or Dave from Wendy's. He was also parodied on South Park and Saturday Night Live. Uh, If you don't remember that South Park episode, it's when Jared comes and speaks at the the South Park Elementary. And Cartman, you know, Cartman, of course, is inspired and wants to lose weight. And he (laughs) finds out that the reason why Jared was able to lose all the weight is because he had AIDS and not aids the terrible disease aids as in like he had a dietician and a personal trainer but like the whole thing is like without the help of aids i could never you know lose weight so cartman goes around wanting aids you know but jared when he was interviewed about that they're like so you've been parodied on south park like they were pretty brutal on you like what do you think and he's like i mean honestly that's like getting a pez dispenser made of yourself (laughs) he's like i I feel Mm -hmm. like i I really made it
1: right right
0: and uh, he, true, he yeah. would appear in, in the South Park, uh, the last South Park video game. But that's more for the uh, end of the Jared story. <laughs> not, not so much right now. By 2008, Subway had started to cut back on Jared-based advertisements to focus on their next big campaign, $5 footlongs. This was also the year that Jared embarked on the Tour de Pants, which was a cross-country tour which Jared gave his usual speech and showed off the fat pants for what he said would be the last time before giving them to a museum. And the reason why they kind of started we- like weeding Jared ads out of the cycle and bringing in the $5 foot long ones instead without him is because Jared's story doesn't really fit the look for a $5 foot long ad because Jared was preaching self-control and discipline while the new ad was like no eat the entire foot long you can get a meatball right, sub right, you right. can get literally over 12 inches of a meatball sub for 5 bucks and we want you to eat the whole thing. So And then, the, you know,
1: and then I feel like at some point that's when they started doing like a Philly they started doing he, like a Philly cheesesteak.
0: They would have Phillies, Subway. pastrami. Yeah, they they always yeah. bring in something. The, the most the big meats. Yeah, the big meats. Well, the, he was. We'll get to the double meat campaign soon. But I think the most abominable thing that Subway's ever come out with, besides Jared Fogle, is the uh, seafood delight uh, with like crab meat and like fake lobster Never meat. Had that. Ew. It, <laughs> hey, I mean, if you eat the tuna, there's really. There's really nothing to, you know, scoff at when it comes to the... No, uh, there's
1: still a level between tuna and, like, crab and and lobster, and there's a level. There's a difference. There's a difference.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, walking it back a bit, in 2004, Fogel started the Jared Foundation, which was a nonprofit focused on children's health and fitness. The foundation would provide lesson plans, tools, and fitness programs to parents, schools, and youth centers in 2015, the director of the foundation, Russell Taylor was arrested on charges of child pornography, as well as child exploitation and voyeurism. But we aren't quite there yet. It would not be an episode of culture dumps. If when discussing Jared, the subway guy, we didn't mention his somewhat extensive history with the WWE, as well as his appearances (laughs) in the Sharknado film franchise. This is when it gets really dumpy folks. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, buckle up. In 2006, Jared appeared in a commercial alongside WWE superstar John Cena, which was promoting the new double meat sandwiches. Then, in 2009, he appeared on an episode of Raw as a guest ring announcer for the match between Mickey James and Maurice One year later, he returned to Raw for a quick product plug with Santino Marella, but more importantly, he was called out by CM Punk, who was claiming he wanted to shave Jared's head and make him his Minister of Propaganda in the Punk crew. But thankfully for Fogle, DX came out and saved him. The following year, he appeared on Raw once again, this time being challenged for his job as Subway spokesperson by then-heel The Miz, who grabs a sandwich from Fogle and cuts a promo for The Sandwich. The promo got the hashtag OvenCrispChicken to trend on Twitter. Jared the Subway Guy's (laughs) final WWE appearance was in 2012 when he appeared on, you guessed it, Raw, to celebrate Subway's birthday with a couple of WWE superstars. That event took place in Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's why they brought him there. But Jared was on wrestling so much.
1: Yeah, that doesn't, I mean, it does make sense because it's just like pop culture ...things filtering into wrestling, but that is just really weird. Like, I mean, he's not, like, wrestling anybody... No, it's kind of there.
0: No, and every time like like the one where CM Punk comes out and he's like, "Bring me Jared from Subway." Like Jared's just like standing like front row in the crowd like looking around like he's on the TitanTrons like, "Huh? Me?" But he always has like a Subway sandwich like he just like rolls around with it. <laughs> like like, "Oh, like in case some like uh, it's it's just so fucking goofy." But, you know, it, he was the guy. You know what I mean? He he for all intents and purposes, he was Ronald McDonald, but just of the Eat Fresh world. Mm-hmm. But Jared also had cameos in the film Sharknado 2, the second one, as well as Sharknado 3, Oh Hell No. Fogel was cut out of the broadcast version of Sharknado 3, Oh Hell No, a week before its broadcast on the Sci Fi Channel due to an FBI raid at the subway guy's home. Now, by 2013, oh, no. yeah, th- this is just how big he was. Yes, he was in you know those crappy Sharknado movies, but they can't be that crappy if Las Vegas has slot machines for them, which I played a bunch. So,
1: if, <laughs> if yeah, a movie- dude, this is how famous he was. He was in Sharknado. He got cut out of Sharknado Three. Big oh
0: hell no! <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I I just love the, those uh, yeah, those titles, but
1: I mean no, but he was really famous. At
0: he, time. Well, it, just for like, reference, that folks, That is
1: very true by he, he 2013 was everywhere. you could yeah, not he, escape him.
0: He was everywhere all over I the world. Remember that? He had a subway black card, which is a card that you could go into any subway in the world with and get anything you want with it. And like, I mean it's it's reserved for executives, but there's also been a couple, you know, like famous athletes, like I think Blake Griffin had one. Um There's a few other people that have been uh, graced with the Subway black card, but also by 2013, Jared had been in over 300 commercials for Subway like that's that's an insane amount of advertisements and these are all over the world he's he was one of the most recognizable spokespeople of all time so that like just to you know you have to keep all this in mind before we get to this next little in, installment here um he also released a book in 2006 that was a New York Times bestseller that was titled Jared the Subway Guy Winning Through Losing 13 Lessons for Turning Your Life Around and basically it's yeah. just like eat subway walk uh <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't know right. what the other uh, you know eleven tips <laughs> would be from him. Yeah. I mean,
1: I, I guess, I guess, like fad diet and like that kind of stuff. That it always kind of produces like a celebrity, you know. But usually, it's like you're introducing some new product. You're introducing like the Atkins diet or South Beach diet or like Jane Fonda's workout or something. Exactly. This was like kind of really the only thing I can think of where it actually relates to just like a chain restaurant.
0: Right, well, and also there's, you know, kind of the thing where, like, anyone else that gets brought in is brought in, yes, to promote a product, whereas Jared was just an average Joe that just, you know, used the product positively, you know, in, like, a positive way, so they they brought him on as a spokesperson and made him immensely famous, you know, it's it's this whole kind of different situation because Jared wasn't created. No one, w- no one would believe that it, unless, like, the story really existed. If they were just like, hey, try the new Subway diet, no one would believe that that would work. But when you have a guy with the fat pants stretched out and, you know, showing all the old footage of him walking and waving at the camera and now he's all skinny and he's telling you about the new, you know, sweet onion teriyaki sandwich or whatever the hell it is, you, <laughs> oh, you know, it's yeah, like I'll you tend good. to believe him because <laughs> you're like, okay, well, that guy actually did it. And then Subway brought him on. It it wasn't like an experiment, and it wasn't fake. You know, it just seemed so unlikely. But things, you know, all good things have to come to an end. So we're getting into now Jared's, what I like to call, his footlong fall from grace. Mm -hmm. From the beginning of his rise to sub-sandwich stardom, Jared Fogle faced several challenges. The first being the divorce from his wife of six years in 2007. In 2010, Fogle married Kathleen McLaughlin after gaining a reported 40 pounds. The weight gain did not affect his relationship with Subway or his wife, but the media jumped on the story as if he had gained all of his 245 pounds back. Fogel and his then-wife had... Two children together but divorced in 2015 following Fogel's first court appearances. Court appearances? What? The subway guy <laughs> empire began to crumble in 2015 when director of the Jared Foundation, Russell Taylor, was arrested on child pornography charges. During his trial, Taylor attempted suicide but was unsuccessful and he was sentenced to 27 years in prison. It was during this trial that several disturbing truths were uncovered the least disturbing of which was that the FBI could not prove that the Jared Foundation ever gave money to the causes it was created to help. So this is where it gets juicy, folks. We, we already have you know some pretty nasty charges <laughs> in Jared's you know, best friend and yeah. business partner with, with the child porn stuff, but also there's some embezzlement going on, some money laundering, and this is what makes Jared the subway guy such an excruciating dump. So USA Today published an article in 2015 which proved that the foundation had not issued any grants or donated any funds to its purpose. It was also discovered that the majority of the money the foundation made annually was put towards paying the director $73,000 a year salary. Furthermore, over a quarter of the total funds made by the foundation were unaccounted for in the organization's tax records. And in 2012, the organization was dissolved by the Secretary of State in Indiana for not paying the $5 annual reporting fee for two years in a row. All of this happened under the public's radar. However shady and disappointing this news was, it would pale in comparison to the next development in the subway guy saga. They got busted. I mean, they, they must have laundered. I mean... Over a million dollars in the course that that they were around. I mean, you know, it was around for several years with the director making $73,000. Who knows how much Jared was getting from that? And what brought brought them to the attention of authorities was that they missed their $5 reporting payment for two years. Right. When you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, and you fuck up a $5 payment, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: But also, as we know, I mean, this is not, I mean, they're not really giving it to, you know, they're not really doing anything by the books or properly. So it seems like this foundation is just a cover up for money and obviously child pornography, nefarious acts. So obviously they're probably trying to cover their asses at every single step of the way. You know what I mean? Whereas maybe if they just actually were trying to do whatever the fuck they were supposed to do, like... Then like it wouldn't be such a big deal the five dollar thing, but yeah it's like you got you've got everything patched up and then the one five dollar slips by and
0: well yeah it's it's the it's the crack in the dam you know it's the it's the slow leak but also I, I guess if you know if they had paid the reporting fee then they would have to you know be able like they would have to have their shit reported and everyone would find out how much money they were hiding and and all that other stuff but the the child porn thing obviously stands out as the worst of the two crimes here and it doesn't end with Russell Taylor So two months after the arrest of Jared Foundation director Russell Taylor, Jared Fogle's Zionville, Indiana home was the target of an FBI raid during which several electronics were taken from his home. It was discovered that a majority of the child porn that was found in Taylor's possession had been shared or traded with Fogle. The exact amount of images and videos discovered during the investigation would be hard to nail down, but the amount of videos alone was staggering. Fogle was in possession of at least... 400 videos of children and minors engaging in sexually explicit acts.
1: Now can we stop right here? Yeah. R- real quick, why is it whenever you hear about child porn in the news, it's always like this massive amount. Like <laughs> I feel like it, it I feel like it's like they found like four hard drives of, you know, filled with it. It's like why is it always in this like Huge amount It always seems like Whenever there's a bust People have just like This crazy amount of Is like Is it not enough That you're already looking at Child porn. Well, do you have? Is there something extra where you need like so much of it?
0: it it's an addiction, you know. It, it's a. I mean, pornography in general can you know has has addictive properties, and you know the sex and and all that stuff sends off a release in your brain that you can become addicted to, and the danger and and the stigma attached to whatever you're looking at you know raises the stakes and and makes it more intense and all that. But also you know, say you or I log on to the internet to look at some adult material. You know, if you go on to like you know porn or anything like that there's millions and millions of videos you'll never ever run out of something to watch and i'm assuming that if you're a pedophile i mean if you don't have your own collection yeah you'll run out you know what i mean yeah and with porn you're always looking for the next thing that the more the more extreme video or oh like i'm bored with this one let's let's like put on three more so you need to build your own archive in order to mm. browse freely like that and the tendency is i mean especially the more access you have to it is yeah to hoard it and it's fucking really awful and and terrible but that's why because these these pedophiles need to create their own database of porn Because they they can't just go on to like childporn.com, you know, and have like every, you know, child porn image or video available to them.
1: (laughs) And that's why like you
0: always hear about child porn rings because it's people that trade all this stuff together. And it's, yeah, it's usually by the hard drives. I mean, 400 videos. I I don't think I've watched 400 videos of anything, you know, except maybe guys getting kicked in the nuts on YouTube. Like, that, like that's that's about it. But I, I think that that has a lot to do with it. And, again, you know, it's like the Hunter S. Thompson quote. Once you get, like, in a serious drug collection, the tendency is to, you know, go all the way. It, it, that's how it is with, with any illegal activity, I, I feel like. You just get in too mm. deep, and you want it, and it's fucking disgusting. So while the arrest of Jared the subway guy came as a shock to the public, it was actually the end result of years of investigating as well as attempted corporate cover-ups. Jared's nefarious activity had been known to authorities as early as 2007 when Florida radio host Rochelle Herman Walrond told that's a that's a long that's a lot of name right there Miss uh, Herman Walrond told police that during an event at a middle school in Sarasota, Florida where she had met Fogel, he had told her middle school girls are hot. She also saved texts he had sent her as well as recorded their conversations. Over the next four years, Herman Walrond worked with the FBI as an informant, staying in contact with Fogel and entertaining his lewd comments and behavior, all the while sharing it with the feds. The stuff that he had said to her is so disgusting, so so evil and dark. And this poor woman, you know, I mean, God bless her, because she saw something immediately wrong with with this guy and decided to pursue it in almost like a Nancy Drew-esque kind of way. Got involved with the feds, and I mean, nothing really happened with it with any of those recordings, but we actually have them because uh herman Walron she was on Dr. Phil and a couple other new news shows and, and interview shows and shared some of these recorded conversations because I don't believe any of these were ever used in court. So they weren't like sealed or anything like that. But the things he would ask her, I mean, he was, he was asking her about installing cameras in her own children's room. He was telling her about trips to New York where he would have, you know, a, a, like arranged, you know, rendezvous with minors, you know, as young as 16 Uh you know, he, he was, talking about distributing porn with his friends, all that stuff. So we're going to play, and this is the greasiest fucking thing we'll probably ever play on Culture Dumps, but you're going to hear a slew of comments that Jared Fogel had told Miss Rochelle Herman Walrond um, just about his desires, and, and she kind of leads him on because she's trying to get more and more out of him to give to the, give to the FBI. So this is Jared Fogle and his darkest desires.
1: I like all ages, that's thing, I mean, I like all of them, you know? Well, what makes it different? I mean, from one age to another, why
0: just... Well, it just depends which, who's ready for what, and then, you know, who's gonna give you the glance, you know what I mean? It's
1: just sharing stories, and then, you know, we get a little closer, and a little closer, and a little closer, and before you know it, you know, it's... You know, it's just it's just to
0: happen. What if we put a camera in your kids' room, are you okay with that? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you rather have in your son or your daughter's room? Oh, I don't know. That
1: would be, you know. Which one do you think would be better? I don't know. I you like- tell me.
0: That is. I, I. I wanted to make like a, a really, uh, you know, in retrospect, insensitive joke where I was just like, "What's grosser, that or eating Subway every day? Uh, that, <laughs> that, that is grosser. That, <laughs> that is." Way worse, a hundred percent. That's way worse than anything. That that's it, it's just a, a, an abomination. It's so I don't know. I, the, there's just something about pedophiles that supersedes serial killers to me because it's not the elimination of a victim. It's like you're now creating lifelong you're trauma.
1: Them. Right, yes, right, yeah, for, oh, for yeah.
0: forever. And under the guy, mm-hmm. but also just like. You know, he's not a rock star or, like, a movie star or, like, a powerful executive. He's the fucking subway guy.
1: Not, the, not that that makes it, like... No, it okay doesn't make it any anything. different.
0: But, like, you know, like, when, when he talks about having sex with, you know, 16-year-olds or something, you know, you can go back in time and, and go through, like, the 70s and, you know, 60s and stuff and talk about all the famous musicians that, you know, had young groupies in that age and stuff like that. This is not girls lining up outside of a bus like that eventually get taken advantage of this is just full-on gross grooming full-on advantage taking yeah. I mean
1: he was famous he was rich he was powerful he, yeah I mean, this I, was I mean this was basically in his moment you know
0: yeah yeah I mean it, it's just like, mind-boggling though and, I mean
1: if it wasn't for this like he might still be like a a more famous or like he might you know if if this didn't happen maybe they could have Brought him back for like a a second round of campaigns or something. You yeah, know? well, and like he probably would have.
0: He probably would have been because he was the guy. I mean, everyone every, we all loved Jared <laughs> for a while, and he fucking hurt us.
1: You know, with all that, he hurt everyone. It was a shock. I'm I'm actually surprised that this was 2015 because it seems like it was so much longer than that. Right. Like I think it just like the the shock of it was like so big that it just kind of completely erased like whatever goodwill even if it was advertising that he had kind of garnered for himself
0: well and And it also came like it came stock like the whole scandal like came with you know built-in jokes about you know jared's gonna get mm -hmm. a foot long in prison and stuff like that and prison rape jokes are very passe and not cool either but You know, it's like there was just, it just was the perfect storm for a culture dump scandal, basically, because you had, you know, the fast food, you had the guy on TV, he was in wrestling, he was in Sharknado. He's just like this figure that now is just tucked away quietly in a cell and no one, no one cares. No one's talking about Jared except for us, basically. Mm -hmm. But after Mm -hmm. years of investigation, the FBI decided not to pursue Fogle as there was not enough substantive evidence against him, much like when the police let Jeffrey Dahmer get away with his victim, even though it was very obvious that something wasn't right. The the FBI had all these recordings of Jared saying these incredibly awful things and nothing was done, which is... You know, kind of the, the most unfortunate part of this, because how many victims, you know, could have been saved had well, that, that well, been that's enough like to the, stop
1: the Larry Nassar, the the Olympic doctor, you know, right. The, uh, the university he worked for had heard these complaints. And yeah, that's a classic part of it. Once you're attached to some sort of institution in some way and you're valuable to them and their money making or their prestige, then, you know, they might cover up some complaints. Right. They've heard as like it's like if they're not seeing it flat out in their face, they can figure out a way to kind of cover it up and
0: push well, it under
1: the rug. But in this case, it, it will create more victims the longer it takes.
0: To, yes. To well, and you know, or. yeah. There's a there's a big thing with corporations, like you know, and especially like you know, companies that have spokespersons. It's like if you if your business is entirely affected by the introduction of this spokesperson, like Jared his commercials were directly responsible for tripling the profit margin of Subway and responsible Mm -hmm. for them opening up thousands of locations because of the popularity. And people went to Subway because of Jared. If that guy fucks up, that's taken away. And now all the people that gave you business because of that guy will not give you business because of that guy.
1: Yeah. It 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 directly affects Subway, whether regardless of, you know, maybe what they had to do with it.
0: While it was the investigation into his business partner that led to his capture, and not the efforts of Rochelle Herman Walrond, there was plenty of other early evidence of his behavior that would come to light during the investigation and following trial. The FBI had subpoenaed text messages and emails from Subway franchisee Cindy Mills, with whom Jared had a supposed sexual relationship with. The texts and emails from Fogel included requests to sleep with her 16 year old cousin for money, comments about sexually abusing children as young as nine, and even trying to persuade Mills herself into selling sex via Craigslist as kind of like a fun role-play thing where it's really only fun for Jared because he's trying to get this poor woman to sell her body on Craigslist to strangers just for his enjoyment. But you can tell, I mean, this guy is unstoppable. He hasn't been stopped yet. He had no idea he was being recorded from Walrond. So it's only made sense that he would continue this behavior with others. And the more you do that, the bigger you make your, your web of shit, the more likely you are to get caught up in it. And that's exactly what right. happened then to him. And the
1: Jared. bigger, the more you think, like... You're like, oh, I'm not going to get caught. You get an ego.
0: Right. You get sloppy. So Mills claims that she attempted to show these messages to Subway executives, but was told that Jared was not technically an employee. So there was no action to take. Subway representatives claim there is no record of this. That's a very interesting kind of thing because they're like, well, no, Jared's like kind of, we're like, spon- he's like sponsored by Subway, but he's not, he doesn't work at a Subway restaurant. So this isn't like sexual
1: harassment.
0: And it's a really weird, fucked up corporate cover up kind of a deal, and a way to kind of brush it under the rug.
1: But ultimately, it's like he is who he is because of Subway. It's like it's you know, it'd be different if like say it was just like some wealthy businessman or something. You know what I mean? Where it's right, or or a celebrity. Everything, yeah, yeah, like every his entire celebrity and identity and finance and like his success is all because of Subway, right?
0: By November 2015, Jared was in the midst of a highly publicized trial during which he was charged with interstate travel to pay minors for sex and for possessing hundreds of child porn videos, the majority of which came from Russell Taylor. He pled guilty to many of the charges, and on November 19, 2015, Jared Fogel, the subway guy, was sentenced to 15 years in prison, eligible for parole after 13 years. His divorce was finalized only days before the verdict. So divorce, getting sentenced to 15 years, that's a long fucking time, especially if you're famous and especially if you're a child molester. Because Mm -hmm. they're not very popular in prison and you're famous so everyone's going to know. And you know for a fucking fact that when it's a, a crime that causes such public outrage like child pornography or molestation or rape or anything like that, the police, you know, and and the CEOs in the prison, they're going to let everyone know that you're coming. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, Jared, yeah, the subway guy 40. is coming in. And then, of yeah. course, you know, I can imagine all the jokes, you know, the, like, the, yeah. the, uh, again, the, the footlong in prison thing and all that is just probably running <laughs> rampant. And Wasn't, it's terrifying. Yeah.
1: I remember there was, like, one story which, like, seemed a little too, like, gossipy or revengey i mean not again what he did was horrible but it was just kind of like making a bit making it more of a circus was i remember once he was like in he had been in prison for a while how there was like a report that he was like trading his commissary like he was just trading all his food for twinkies because he i guess he like (laughs) had this moment where he was like completely his could not cope with being in prison so like all he was eating for a while was just like boxes and boxes of twinkies well he actually started the
0: twinkie diet diet, um which which it's not really a diet you just eat a a lot of twinkies yeah (laughs)
1: it's it's bleak you know i don't i'm not like sympathizing with him you're just it's almost like i didn't need to know that too you know
0: well yeah and also it's like that like I, i don't know it's like i feel like with people like that you don't need to make up like dumb jabs like i'd be like like if someone was like, "Oh, dude, did you hear that he's just like eating Twinkies in prison?" I'd be like, "Yeah, did you hear that he's in there for fifteen years for fucking having sex with children?" Right? Like, it's like it's <laughs> I don't not, not going to give
1: me it. It's like I, I don't think you need to take pleasure that he's like compulsively stress eating Twinkies. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like,
0: he's probably that's you know. Just a, the guy's a yeah. target. He's a fucking target in a men's prison. Right. It's like it's the scariest thing in the world to be, and he deserves every second of it. But there were also several civil trials against Fogle that were filed by the parents of some of the victims. His ex-wife also filed a lawsuit against Subway, claiming that her rights were violated as a direct result of Subway covering up allegations of Jared's conduct prior to his arrest. The case was dropped in 2017, but it did bring even more awful incidents to light, including one in 2004 in Las Vegas, where a subway executive allegedly paid off a young girl who Fogle had propositioned at one of his events. So still more shit's coming out. And uh, I I wasn't able to find out if the girl was underage or not, but I'm going to assume that she was, since that's kind of Jared's thing. And what I wanted to say, uh, what I was saying earlier in the episode about you know, going through high school, being bullied, and you know, n- not getting to express any of these hormones and stuff. This is no way is a cause of being a pedophile, but it is something that could lead to that kind of behavior because it's like he, fe- it's like the Michael Jackson thing where Michael Jackson bought all like a, a a whole circus and a whole carnival at his house because he never got to do that stuff as a kid. It's like in pedophiles' minds, like Jared, there is kind of a thing where it's like, well. Like now I could have sex with all those girls that didn't want anything to do with me. But the problem is you're not in fucking high school anymore, dude. You're a grown ass man, you know, and furthermore, you're married with kids and all that stuff. And it's not even like these are just like young cocktail waitresses. These are fucking kids that you're going to their schools to try and inspire. And meanwhile, you're telling the radio host that's also there that middle school girls are hot. And it's just this fucked up long stretching thing that develops and becomes worse and worse in their heads as things go on. It's very complex uh, psychology that I'm not, um, you know, I'm not equipped to, Discuss (laughs) Discuss <laughs> properly, but yeah, that, that's definitely. my two cents on it. So just yeah. when things seemingly could not get any worse for the subway guy, in March of 2016, justice was served once more when he was attacked by fellow inmate Stephen Nig, who said his motivation for the attack was to prove that Jared should not have been placed in a minimum security prison, and also because... He can't be around child molesters, which I just love that quote. The guy's like, oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, they put this guy, one of the most famous guys, you know, in America, if not the planet, because they have subways, again, in 100 countries plus, uh, you put him in a minimum security prison where, you know. Prisoners have a lot more freedom, a lot more leeway to walk around and do things. You're way more likely to be attacked if someone wants to attack you in one of those places. And, you know, he's a child molester. And the guy just couldn't be around child molesters. I could understand that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I mean, you know, like other like, you know, like like Grand Theft Auto or even murder, like or just, you know, assault. I mean, all, all these are crimes, but I could still see how it's like kind of like you're not the same as us. You right? Know? No, like it, You it, did some other extra evil shit. Yes, like that's
0: 100% what what it is. It's you're not one of us. You didn't you didn't steal money because you didn't have any. You know, you didn't get caught with drugs. You didn't kill someone because of turf war or something like that. You know, it's like you just preyed upon society's most vulnerable people, which are children, and you're a piece of shit. Um, but Stephen Nigg also claimed that he could have killed the sandwich star, but decided not to. Now this is really interesting because again, Jared was in prison for 15 years for heinous, heinous child sex crimes while Stephen nigg was in prison for selling his father's guns that he had inherited after his father's death but due to a criminal record that he earned himself at the beginning of the 70s he was unable to do so legally and was sentenced to the same exact amount of time as a serial sex offender that is not Justice. This guy, mm-hmm. he, he he went through all the right channels to sell someone a gun legally, but because he had a felony on his record, he was not allowed to possess the guns. And so that during that brief time that they were bequeathed to him, that's what he got thrown in prison for. The same prison that one of the most famous pedophiles in history was in who got the same amount of time for him for literally destroying the lives of hundreds of children. And yeah, this guy's in there for a technicality for the same amount mm-hmm. of time. It's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting comment on our legal system in, in America. But the yeah, attack yeah. prompted a move for Fogel, and he was eventually transferred to the Federal Correctional Institute in Inglewood, Colorado, a minimum security facility, again, that has been described by other inmates as more of a daycare than a prison. The prison's handbook lists all of the daily activities and programs offered to inmates, such as religious services, arts and crafts, a library for both books and movies, and a hobby shop. Mark Brooks, who served times, who served time with Vogel, told reporters that Jared had been taking cooking classes and has maintained a healthy weight while incarcerated. So while you're hearing that he's eating Twinkies, I found out that he got certified as a chef and took like legit right. I, no, chef was, training.
1: Well, that it seems. I mean, maybe you know he's adjusted. I mean, this I remember hearing this like right. It was like probably a month after he had like gone to prison. You know,
0: right. Right. and I, I mean a lot of his fortune he was worth uh you know about fifteen million dollars when he got arrested, and a lot, like a lot of money went into the legal defense as it tends to do. But I mean, he's still able to get anything he wants from the commissary, you know, and uh, where, where he's at now, they can watch movies and there's all sort of certifications you can get for different things. so when you get out, you you know, you have skills. It's like the ideal prison to be in and nowhere near what someone charged of the charged with the crimes that Jared is. Uh, should be in yeah it's not it's not justice you know
1: i hope he doesn't you know like i think that's the thing is like i hope he doesn't we don't see him again because i mean really the only angle i mean i guess you've got the r kelly like deny everything but then really r kelly we haven't heard of him since like that huge thing you know and then really it's like I could see him maybe taking a re, a reformed route, like I'm, you know, I've changed or something. Right. But, but, but we don't that, want yeah. that shit. We don't want that. We really well, don't.
0: People that are, you know, accused of, of that kind of crime that, that actually, you know, committed those crimes, there is no reforming them. It's It's like telling someone, like, hey, like the thing that you're sexually attracted to, like, you can't be. It's like they, they could not act right. on it, but it's always going to be there in, in their heads. I mean, if you watch, mm-hmm. uh, there's a great Louis Thoreau documentary called A Place for Pedophiles, which is about Coalinga State Hospital in California. It's like a maximum security facility f- only for sex offenders. And these are people that served prison time, but then were assessed by a psychologist who then deemed them, you know, that mentally ill and put them in this other facility uh, seemingly forever and the only way to get out really is by castration because that's never going to go away that that's just who mm-hmm. you are and it's fucking right, right. It, it's a thing so yeah well while he might get out he'll never not be the shitty scumbag that he is right you know right. no no matter how many subway sandwiches he eats or has sold <laughs> Now the fallout what happens after all this because yes he's seemingly now forgotten it's been several years since he's been locked up and there's you know no end in sight all of his appeals have been you know overturned and denied so he's never he's not getting out until his sentence is served and you know I, I, I like to think that he's having a really hard time in there, but apparently he's not and apparently he's pretty popular because everyone likes the subway guy so Upon Fogel's arrest, Subway publicly cut ties with their longtime spokesperson, but the damage had been done, and in 2016, the sandwich mecca closed more stores than it had opened, a first in the long history of the restaurant. In 2018, Subway closed over 1,000 locations, citing the Jared scandal as the direct cause for the decline in revenue. And it was said that the Jared ads had increased business by a third to one half during its peak popularity. That came straight from the Subway executive. So you can just tell like how successful that ad campaign was and how detrimental it was when he got busted for the things that he got busted for. It's like, it's a direct correlation. It's like the rise was almost as big as the fall.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Subway is still really big, but they, yeah, they still have
0: more is, but, locations know. than any other fast food restaurant right, right. on, on the planet. Um, and that, that's not going to go anywhere, but right. yeah, no, no more Jared, the subway guy. And I think they're probably going to think twice before uh, they put, you know, they, they put all their chips on, you know, into right, another spokesperson. Because right. that's the thing. I mean, like, it, just the amount of backtracking that you'd have to do to erase Jared from the history of your restaurant is impossible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like he, he was synonymous, and he still kind of is. I mean, yeah, he, he was in, you know, just recently, a couple years ago, um, a- after his arrest, South Park came out with a video game, The Fractured butthole and he plays one of the, he's
1: mm-hmm. one of the bosses. Oh really? I've yeah. never played that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he like has like yeah, and he like has like a foot long that he like jerks off, and like mayonnaise comes out into Butter's face and stuff. And it's like oh, it, it's I mean it's it's very South Parky, but again, it's like that that guy is fucking relevant in pop culture, and uh, that's why he's a dump because not so much anymore. <laughs> but but at yeah. the time, yeah. you could not escape Jared from Subway. So what does it all mean? I guess. The overall takeaway is let the product speak for themselves. It doesn't matter that someone ate hundreds of your sandwiches and in turn lost hundreds of pounds. And that is, you know, worth inspiring people and, and worth, you know, putting your business model like basing your business model around because that guy could end up to be a dirty child molester and ruin you know <laughs> ruin all the progress that he made for your business and yeah I think or i that's mean that's right it's know, a dump
1: don't know? don't don't have sex with with children that too oh yeah <laughs> the, big big, big big takeaway and, and, here and i mean obviously you know yeah i mean i guess if if there is some sort of like in Jared, if that's just, he can't help it, that's what he wants to do. Like try to get some help or something. Yeah. But don't use, a, don't make a, a foundation for children to cover it up. And then, you know, right? those are the, ugh, that's right.
0: it, ex- Exactly. And, you know, it's like we, we were uh, originally thinking of having this one be kind of a two-parter, but it went a little quicker than, than I thought. You know, I'm not trying to make a foot long out of a six-inch here. <laughs> but again, if you want if you if you want to do the Jared diet, remember it's a nine AM foot-long veggie delight on wheat, no cheese, no mayo, and then later on and and you you spread that out over the course of the day, then at nighttime for dinner you get yourself a six inch turkey, no cheese, no mayo on wheat as well with a bag of baked lays, just as a treat. But we're just going to call yeah, that the Subway Diet now and not the Jared from Subway Diet yeah. now. And is Subway even good? I think we cover this at the top of the episode. Yeah, Subway's good, and it's still good. And uh, I'll still go there and... Um, I I would go see Jared's fat pants at the Smithsonian, but but now it's more it has like a true crime edge to it. So it's like, dude, right. those are the fat pants that like traveled with him on his weird exploitative tours around the country finding children. It's uh, it's very dark and dismal.
1: But That's, that seems like weird. That seems like an odd choice for like the Smithsonian, right? Like,
0: well, they have like Fonz's re- jacket. You know, so I picture Jared's fat still, pants kind of being
1: <laughs> right up there. Still, it's like Fonzie's like an he's like an icon, you know. Like,
0: Jared was an icon. Not, I mean, it's not the same. Yeah.
1: Jared, Jared. Okay, let me be very
0: clear here. Jared Fogle, the Subway guy, is not the Fonz. <laughs> and they're they're not the same. <laughs> I just want to oh, make man. that clear. Yes, if there's any takeaway from this, is that Jared Fogle's a bad guy, and he's definitely not relatable to Fonzie. So folks, I think that's going to conclude our coverage of Jared, the subway guy here on culture dumps. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at culture dumps. If you have a suggestion for an episode, go ahead and send us an email at culture at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten, and I'm Parks Miller. And you've been listening to culture dumps. Remember Jared from Subway? He's
1: inspired a lot of people.
0: He's looking good to show you the way.